Welcome, everyone, to the Not Religious Podcast. My name is Blake. And I am Brian. And he's Brian. And this week, we are on part four of our megachurch series. Um, and this has been fun to learn about. I've, I've personally enjoyed learning the good, the bad, and the ugly of, of uh, megachurches. This one's pretty bad because this place isn't even around anymore. Dang. It's gone. It's just gone. Um, they go. Uh, we have a lot to talk about because um, I, <laughs> I have a book of, of notes today. Um, before we get to that, I want to ask you a quick question, though. Ask me a quick question. Quick question. Have you ever won like a social media contest? No. I have been trying for five years at least to win. For the same contest? No, just uh, anything that comes up. I've tagged you in multiple things. I've tagged my wife in multiple things. Yeah, it's annoying. And But I want to win, right? <laughs> and I put out this tweet. They must have seen it. I put out this tweet. I entered this contest, uh, tweeted something about like never winning those Instagram or so, any social media contests. Two hours later, I won a contest. <laughs> Dead serious. What contest? I won. So there's a company called Sideshow Collectibles that makes... Uh, life's like uh, not life size, but figurines, comic book figurines, whatever. Um, life size busts of comic book characters or whatever. And uh, I entered a contest, and what I had to do was it. I had to write a letter, a testimony, a testimony. Yeah, I had to write my testimony. It was very compelling, and I won. I had to write a letter to the Joker and Harley Quinn. With a plot, which Joker and Harley Quinn? Any of them that I wanted. Okay. So I channeled the uh, the '90s animated series, Joker and Harley Quinn. I had to write a letter to them with a plot to capture Batman. But you like Batman? I do. But I wanted to win this stuff. So what I what my entry was was it's Bruce Wayne's birthday. What is it? What's his birthday? I forgot. Okay. I am a big Batman fan, but I did forget. No, I, I didn't was. know if there was like a specific. I don't think so. How old is he turning? Batman, I think, turns 80 years no, old this in year. your letter. Oh, I don't, I don't know. Oh, okay, you didn't get that. 39, I guess. Oh, okay. I don't know. That's good age. That's what we'll go with. Um, But my, so my letter, my idea was it's Bruce Wayne's birthday, right? They capture Robin. They put Robin inside of a giant birthday cake. All right. He has a helmet on. On top of the helmet is candles. Okay. Batman has to, he has the length of the birthday song to blow out the candles, but they're trick candles, but they're also sticks of dynamite. Okay. <laughs> and I won. Was Robin dressed as a stripper? He was, we don't know. Okay. Because he's inside of the cake. Did he die? How does it end? That's where I left. Part two Part coming two, next just, week. Yeah, the, for the next <laughs> entry, I'll I'll conclude the story. But I I freaking won it. So what did you win? Uh, it was a uh, two figurines of Joker and Harley Quinn, but they're they're sugar skulls. That's cool. Oh. Yeah, that's cool. So you can eat them. <laughs> no, you know what sugar skulls look like? No, like you know, like the Day of the Dead for Mexico. Okay, yeah, and like yeah, the, yeah. those things, yeah, yeah. right? So they're Joker, and, yeah, they're mm, Joker okay. and Harley Quinn. Um, so I'm really proud of that, and I just wanted everybody to know that that's that's where I'm at today. You're an idiot. 
I also wanted an, a good excuse to use the sound effects that I've collected over time. I'm glad that you're actually starting to use them. Yeah, well, I think everyone else is pretty glad that I'm starting to use them, too. I have sound effects, too. You do? My sound effects are booing your sound effects. That's mine. Oh, you're, no, mine's booing. I'm booing. Well, I'm booing, you're booing. Is that your crickets? Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> so I win this contest, and Allie's like, well, how long is it going to take to get this stuff in? I was like, I don't know. I, well, I guess we'll see. I got I an email. Just won. I got an email today. Six to eight weeks. God. <laughs> so, Corona. Anyway, thanks, Rona. Yeah, it, just when I thought you couldn't screw me anymore. Anywho, so yeah, we have a lot to talk about today. Before we do, we must address this. I know we talked about doing the new story on the seven thousand dollars sex oh, yeah, robot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like this needs to be put off a little bit, oh, a little bit longer. Okay, because this is way more important than a a seven thousand dollars sex robot. Okay. Um. So let's talk. Let's let's get into our new story of the week. is near and dear to both of our hearts in a time when the country and the world needs positive news. Here we have it. The Pentagon officially releases UFO videos. Finally, we did it. We did it, everyone. We did it. Our episode on Area 51 has finally made its way to the Pentagon, and they have released videos of UFOs. Thanks to Tom DeLong, I'm sure. I mean, he had something to do with it, but you got to admit, now they're interfering with (laughs) transmission. All right. This comes from CNN.com. The Pentagon has officially released three short videos showing unidentified aerial phenomena. The Tic Tac video. Tic Tac. That's what it's called. (laughs) The Tic Tac video. Yeah. Why are you laughing at me? (laughs) Because it's... It's called the Tic Tac video. It is. Yeah. Keep going. Read, no. your, read your. No, you you say what you're gonna say. No, Tic Tac video. I know what the videos are called, so just okay. read your. Then tell me whatever, no. whichever. What, no. Okay. Read your story. Anyway, they're called. They're not calling them unidentified flying objects, though. They're calling them unidentified aerial, aerial phenomenon. phenomenon. Right. Um, that had previously been released by a private company. The video shows what uh, what appear to be unidentified flying objects. That private company is to the Stars Foundation. Right. And we'll get to that. Um, it shows unidentified, uh, what appear to be unidentified flying objects rapidly moving while uh, recorded by infrared cameras. Two of the videos contain service members reacting in awe at how quickly the objects are moving. One voice speculates that it could be a drone. Blech. It's aliens. The Navy, the Navy previously acknowledged the ver, uh, veracity of the videos in, in September of last year. They are officially releasing them now. Uh, in, quote, in order to clear up any misconceptions by the public on whether or not the footage that has been circulating was real or whether or not there is more um, to the videos, unquote. That's according to Pentagon spokesman Sue Goff. 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 Um, quote, after a thorough review, the department has determined that the authorized release of these unclassified videos does not reveal any sensitive capabilities or systems, um, said Goff in a statement. The Navy has 
uh, now has formal guidelines for how its pilots can report when they believe they have seen possible UFOs. The Navy videos were released between December 2017 and March 2018 by To The Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences, a company co-founded by former Blink-182 musician Tom DeLonge. Boom! <laughs> Thank you, Tom. That says it studies uh, it studies information about unidentified aerial phenomena. So um, the program that the government, the Black Black Book uh, program, was called ATIP, mm-hmm. Aerial Threat Identification Program. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy who was in charge of ATIP quit because he was like, people need to know and. N- we're not telling him. The government's not telling him. So he quit and joined forces with Tom Dillon. With Tom? Yep. Look at all the good he's doing. show on History Channel. I, we still haven't watched. <laughs> We've got to watch it. I know it's good. Um, so in 2017, one of the pilots who saw the unidentified objects in 2004, excuse me, uh, told CNN that it moved in ways he couldn't explain. Quote, as I got close to it, it rapidly accelerated to the south and disappeared in less than two seconds, said retired U.S. Navy pilot David Fravor. Fravor. Mm. Fravor? Fravor. Flavor. Flavortown. Guy Fieri. Um, this was extremely abrupt, like a ping pong ball bouncing off of a wall. It would hit and go the other way. Uh, the Pentagon has previously studied recordings of aerial encounters with unknown objects as part of a, of a, of a since-shuttered classified program that was launched at the the best of um, former Senator Harry Reid of Nevada. Uh, The program was launched in 2007 and ended in 2012, according to the Pentagon, because they assessed that there were higher priorities priorities that needed funding. Right. More important things going on than telling the general public that aliens are out there. Yep. But, you know, we can thank Tom DeLonge. Thank you, Tom DeLonge. Not only for your contribution to music and... uh, young oppressed teenagers everywhere but for letting us know that aliens do exist right Tom DeLong, we owe you a great bit of gratitude so thank you sir and with that we're gonna head into a break and we'll be back shortly to get into our episode on Mars Hill Hey, Brian, what's up? Um, I just saw you over there squatting 800 pounds, and I noticed your shirt that you're wearing. That's right. I wouldn't be able to squat like I do if I didn't have the faith of Jesus on my chest. This is my active faith sports shirt. That's amazing. Hey, Brian, where can I get one of those shirts? If you head on over to Active faithsports.com use the promo code nrp116 you could get 15 percent off no way way (laughs) okay i'm gonna go do that right now you better and get swole like me that's right welcome back so as we've said this is part four of our mega church series um this church in particular i don't i really didn't learn a lot about until I started listening to the Bad Christian Podcast, and I don't remember this church any time before then. Um, I had heard about them, but I 
like you didn't know ins and outs the, when the whole when Driscoll's first big controversy yeah I I remember reading about that but other than that yeah I'm with you it's it's uh it's public knowledge I mean every everyone can go in there and, and learn about this place and what happened and certain things have because the church is no longer a church a lot of things have come out and i guess because they're like i'm screwing you have nothing to lose now but uh i mean there's like private emails we'll get into that i've got private i've got the old school private emails printed out highlighted with certain things i'm gonna read it out. i printed it out yeah i mean it's in it's in your notes it's in my notes too but i wanted to highlight certain sections sure. to then want to read the whole thing but yeah uh so Matt and Toby of the band Emory and of the Bad Christian Podcast uh, were affiliated with Mars Hill. Oh, they worked there. Yeah, they worked there. Um, and uh, we'll get into another musician. Um, the lead singer of Thrice was a worship leader out there. We'll get into that a little bit later. But uh, yeah, this this is uh, we've done a lot of churches that we are more familiar with um, that are still out there. This one I wanted to do because it is no longer out there and what happened was pretty wild and how it all finally ended. So we're going to learn about the, the height of Mars Hill and ultimately what led to its demise. demise. So let's, uh, let's hop into it. Mars Hill church was a Christian mega church founded by Mark Driscoll, Leif Moy and Mike Gunn. It was a multi-site church based in Seattle, Washington and grew from a small home Bible study um, to 15 locations in four U S states. Services were offered at its 15 locations. The church had also uh, also had a podcast that consisted of weekend services and conferences with more than 260,000 sermon video, uh, views online every week. Um, in 2013, Mars Hill had a membership of 6,489 and average weekly attendance of 12,329. Uh, th- Due to controversy in 2014 involving founding pastor Mark Driscoll, the attendance dropped to 8,000 to 9,000 people per week. Um, at the end of 20, uh, September of 2014, an investigation by the church elders found bullying and patterns of persistent sinful behavior by Driscoll. The church elders crafted a restoration plan to help Driscoll and save the church. Instead, Driscoll declined the restoration plan and resigned. And on October 31st, uh, 2014, lead pastor Dave Bruscas. Um, announced plans to dissolve the church's 13 remaining campuses into autonomous Autobots, Autobots <laughs> entities <laughs> with the option of continuing merging with other congregations or disbanding effective uh, January 1st, 2015. The Mars Hill network dissolved on January 1st, 2015. Dude, what Goodbye. a set of balls on this guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, they give him a restoration plan. Hey man, we want you to keep your job. We yep. want you to, and he's like, "Nah, I'm, no, good. I'm good. I'm out." Yeah, <laughs> so he's still around. You know, he's got a he's got a new church. We'll get into that. We'll learn all about that. But uh, he was a controversial figure. Yeah, not for things that we've discovered with former pastors. No, with, no, no, no. You no, know, no. abuse allegations and things like that. I think I think Mark Driscoll was verbally abusive. I think he was manipulative. I, I think, think he's things a like that. sociopathic narcissist. Right. The punishments that they it's crazy. put on people are just wild. Insane. Um, like Jim Jones yeah. style. 
yeah. It's just, uh, it's, it's strange, but uh, strange. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that. So a little bit of history of uh, Mars Hill. Um, as we said before, Mars Hill Church was founded in spring of 1996 by Mark Driscoll, Leif Moy, and Mike Gunn. Uh, the church started at the rental house of Driscoll and his wife, Grace, with the blessing of Antioch Bible Church and the departure of about 30 of its students. So how many churches have you heard about coming out of uh, Split? Yeah. You know, or think something like that. Yeah, definitely. It's kind of what happened here. So they outgrew the apartment and started meeting in the youth rooms of another church. Uh, the church had its first official service in October of 1996 with 160 people attending. But attendance quickly fell to around 60 because of discussions about the vision uh, and the mission of the church. Mm. Some people already hasn't even like gotten any traction yet. People <laughs> like, are like, I'm out, dude. Like they're like still setting up folding chairs. Yeah, and people are like, oh, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're just gonna bounce. We're good. We'll head this way. So, toodles. Uh, however, in the spring of 1997, the church expanded to two evening services. The transition to two different congregations resulted in some anxiety and stir by members who didn't want the church to grow bigger, but it resulted in growing attendance anyway. Later that same year, Mark Dristel was invited to speak at a pastors' conference in California. Driscoll's speech influenced the emerging church movement um, and changed the focus from reaching Generation X to reaching the postmodern world. So this is around the same time that, you know, Lakewood's getting started. Yeah. Hillsong starting to gain mm -hmm. some uh, recognition. It's that late 90s, early 2000s, yeah. you know, evangelical church movement that's about to explode. Right. Right. So the speech resulted in media coverage of Mars Hill Church and Mark Driscoll and put Driscoll in connection with Leadership Network. And Leadership Network is the premier leadership collaborative for pastors and churches. Are you familiar with the Leadership Network? I am. Um, that's really where the spark started, right? So the church continued growing. And inspired by Alex Roxburgh, Driscoll uh, settled on an emerging and missional ecclesiology, which is the study of churches, and a complementarian view on women in ministry. Hmm. We'll come back to that a little bit later yeah, too, but what is, if you're wondering what complementarianism is. Yes, the, I am, Blake. You are? <laughs> well, let, you sit right there and I'll tell you. I will. Um, so the theological view in Christianity, Judaism, and Islam, um, that men and women have different but complementary roles and responsibility in marriage, family life, and religious leadership. Equal, Brian. but separate. Right. Do you need an example, Brian? Yes, I do. I'll give you this example. A husband is to love his wife as Christ loved the church. He has the God-given responsibility to provide for, to protect, and to lead his family. A wife... Makes biscuits. Makes the biscuits. It's in the Bible. <laughs> no, just kidding. A wife is to submit herself graciously to the servant leadership of her husband, even as the church willingly submits to the headship of Christ. Yeah. There's there's some guys listening to this right now. It's like, that's right. You're daggum right. Daggum right, You're going to make them biscuits. Get in the kitchen. Get, what are you doing in here? You get back in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> this just screams like white middle class egotism sour so, trip. Little man syndrome. If at the core, you know, if you're just a douchebag <laughs> right. this is, who belittles women. And you hear about this, you're like, this is this is my religion right here. This is right what I here, want. dude. This is I joke around a lot about, you know, yeah. But I am like I've told I've said on the podcast before, like 
nothing burns me up more than someone mistreating or not recognizing women as equals. Yeah. And racism. Those are yeah. my two yeah, hot button are, things. And I, I joke around a lot, especially with our friend Ann. Yeah. I, I, you know, she gets it though. But she gets it. This right here, this is next level. This is like saying, listen, the Bible is actually telling us yeah. that you need to know and slow your role. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Woman. Yeah. Um, in the fall of 1999, the church had grown uh, to 350 in attendance every week and was able to pay Driscoll full time. So prior to 1999, Driscoll operated as an unpaid pastor for three years. That's humble. That is very humble. In 2003, Mars Hill Church moved into a renovated hardware store in Seattle. In 2006, in an effort to reduce the overcrowding at its services, Mars Hill opened its first satellite campus in Shoreline. This change also marked their transition to a multi-site church using video sermons and other multimedia improvements to the church's website to connect to other campuses. Like they were on cutting edge of what was happening mm-hmm. with multi-campus mm-hmm. stuff. Like they were, yeah, they were um, before their time. Yeah, really. You sure. know what I'm saying? Right. Later in 2006, Mars Hill acquired two new properties in West Seattle and Wedgwood, which became their West Seattle and Lake City campuses. After that. New Mars Hill locations were added uh, using a multi-campus meta-church structure, Mm. connecting Driscoll's sermons via high-definition video to the remote campuses during weekly worship services. This format allowed each location to retain local leadership and ministries while under the leadership of the main campus. A fourth and fifth Mars Hill location opened in 2007, and in 2008, a sixth location was added in downtown Seattle. A seventh campus in Olympia, Washington opened in fall of 2008, and an eighth campus opened in Albuquerque, New Mexico in fall 2009. The church launched four new churches on January 15th in Portland, Rainier Valley, which is in Seattle, Sammamish, which is near Seattle, and then Orange County, California. Yeah, so you're looking at about a year and a half, and the growth rate is... Mind-blowing here. They opened four churches on the same day. Yeah. That is crazy. But yeah, they were doing they were doing well. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. That growth is... That's insane. Yeah. In 2013, the Church Guide uh, released a list of the top churches to watch in America. The link ranked churches according to how churches uh, could learn from the, the ranked churches on particular topics. They ranked Mars Hill Church as number three to learn about church growth, number three for innovation, number two for church planning, and number four overall. Yeah, that's pretty good. And in 2006, Mars Hill Church claimed $31 million in assets. Whoa. What do you think an average is in assets for a church? For a church? Yeah. Like what? Like for a mega church or for a church? Just a church. In assets? Yeah. A couple hundred thousand. Maybe three hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. Church running one fifty, two hundred. Yeah, probably one hundred fifty two. And this is well before they had all their other locations opened up. Yeah. So that bit, was, yeah, that was just, say yeah, a so. big church. Say a church running a thousand. You're you're probably looking at two million, maybe. Yeah. In assets, but but still, that doesn't 
that doesn't take into account that the debt. Yeah. You know? But Mars Hill's doing good. You know, they're uh they're starting to which is shocking to me that they were heavy influencers, but I still didn't really know that much about them. Um Yeah, that, I mean, they they really were like cutting edge. Mm-hmm. They were the one of the first, not maybe not the first, but a lot of what you see modeled elevation, yeah. You know, passion. Um Mars Hill was kind of doing that before it was the thing to do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, Big vision. Big vision. Yeah. And they did it well. You know, I don't know how how well they did it as far as spiritual growth. Yeah. But as far as body growth. Yeah. They were on it. They were on it, man. Yeah. Well, they're doing pretty well at this point. However. However. <laughs> None of them are short to controversies. It's going to get weird in just a second here, but we're going to take a break, and we'll be back in just a second. We'll get into the controversies surrounding Precious Mars Hill Church. I think that's on his, uh, like, it was on his door. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. (laughs) (laughs) Have a seat. Close the door. Let's get weird. What's up, everyone in podcast land? This is Brian. And I'm Blake. And we are from the Not Religious Podcast, here to talk to you about one of our sponsors, PillarofHopeApparel.com. All right, Brian, they got some shirts, they got some hats, they got phone cases, whatever you need. It's awesome. And if you go right now and go to your cart, fill it up, put in the promo code NRP116, you'll get 10% off your order. Jeez, 10%. 10%. That's pillarofhopeapparel.com. Promo code NRP116. Check them out. Okay, so as we have said, all these churches tend to run into some controversy. Of course, you have that reasons. many people. Humans yeah. are involved. Something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. At some point, something's going to happen. In this case, there's a lot of stuff that surrounded Driscoll himself. Um, so, <laughs> uh, as a result of the large growth of the church, its bylaws were uh, rewritten more than once. The outcome of this process led to changes in leadership organization in November of 2007. Um, the new bylaws installed lead pastor Jamie Munson, preaching pastor Mark Driscoll, and pastors Scott Thomas and Tim Belts as executive pastors who led the objectives of the church uh, under the authority of the board of directors on which the executive pastors also served as directors. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This Mm -hmm. change uh, precipitated the firing of two pastors. There you go. Yep. Mars Hill leaders said in forum postings that one fired pastor was removed for, quote, displaying an unhealthy distrust in the senior leadership. That would be us. Yeah. That's what we would get fired for. I mean... This guy was probably like, hey, does anyone else find it weird (laughs) that these guys... Shut your mouth. Okay. Shut your mouth. Don't (laughs) don't even talk about it. You're fired, by the way. What? (laughs) They said the other was removed for, quote, disregarding the accepted elder protocol for the bylaw deliberation period and for verbally attacking the lead pastor. These are just charges that the fire pastor denied. Yeah, he was like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about all that. Uh, Church leadership instructed members of the congregation to shun the two (laughs) former elders as unrepentant. I shall shun you. I I shun you. I feel shunned sometimes. They love that, though. They love to shun people. I feel shunned sometimes. Sometimes? Yes. I feel shunned all the time. (laughs) (laughs) 
former Mars Hill church elders and members have criticized the church for its harshness in dealing with uh, uh, dissent within the leadership. Um, additionally, members who have openly questioned or dissented with Mars Hill leaders have been asked to leave the church. Gosh, dude. Goodbye. This policy of church discipline was discussed in a, a lecture given on April 20th, 2009 by Mark Driscoll for the Gospel Coalition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want to know how to... <laughs> Never mind. What? No. what? Like, no, you've gone this far. What were you going to say? You want to know how to make money? <laughs> You shut up the people who are questioning so, things. Oh, man. How does that, okay. that happen? How does that happen? This is probably the most shocking controversy surrounding this church that mm. I, I, I love to... It's weird. It is weird. It's, it's weird. It's so it's strange, Like, man. I feel like this isn't real. I feel so sorry for the guy involved, too. I know. Like, like uh, as we get into it, like, tell me... <laughs> Like, do you feel like this isn't real? Like, yeah, just yeah. go. go uh, you know? <laughs> so, in early 2012, the church once again became a source of controversy over shunning and disciplinary proceedings when a young man under discipline released documents from his disciplinary contract. You, Yes, you heard that right. He had a disciplinary contract. That was written up by Marcel. Does that sound um, weird? Yeah. <laughs> That's not weird. He had a contract written up. About him. It can't be real. It's real. I've got it printed out I right know, here, highlighted with just, a green highlighter. I know. Yep. Um, so uh, he released uh, his disciplinary contract to blogger and author Matthew Paul Turner. The documents included a discipline contract and an email from church leaders to the congregation directing them to shun him. That Again, not real. It's real, Brian. And we're going to read they portions of it. a freaking email out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, so the source is a letter made brutally public on, on a Mars Hill members only website. This is about a 25 year old man who had 25. sex with 25, 25, who had sex with his fiance. Okay. At least they were engaged, right? Well, okay. So the, <laughs> The letter names the man and refers to his, quote, unrepentant sexual sin. He's like, I got laid. Like, right. what? like I'm going to marry her. <laughs> to someone like, that is going to be my wife. Right. Like, it goes on to say that he refused to sign a church discipline contract requiring him to, among other things, write out his entire sexual history. That cannot be real. <laughs> he had to lay out. Everything. Every time he got laid, he had to he had to lay it all out on the that line. Just laid about, like yeah, when he got it, a little tug and pull. And, oh, I mean, everything, dude. <laughs> that can't be real, though. He had to put it all in writing. <laughs> so, this is so bizarre to me. I know, and it's it makes it, me feel icky. It does, you know, like that they, they want to know in detail every every How do you sexual. Write that down? To, I I don't know. Like you, like you're like, hmm, let's see, October of two thousand and three, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because of his refusal, all members must now shun him. So um, because he won't, because he won't sign, sign the contract and tell people his history. <laughs> yeah, he's like, that's none of your business. And and now so now he's getting shunned. So they had to cut man. him off from all social interaction uh, until he repents. Now. 
No, once he once he, once he repents, it down, it's okay. You can talk to the guy. Again, so here's but. my question to you: Do you think, like Driscoll? Like, yes. Okay. I do. I do think like that. he's a little weirdo. Yeah, he wants to hear in detail about all the the nasty things that guy has done. Yeah, he probably enjoys that. That makes me. Oh God, that's so icky. It is. Mm. That's so icky. Yeah, it's gross. It might be hard for you to see, but I've included the documents yeah, in my notes did. here. So, um, <laughs> um, I am first going to read you, and I, I won't read the whole thing. This is uh, it's long. It yeah, it is. Um, so the the four pages is the email, right? right? What I have here with the Mars Hill logo at the top of it, which I think is the last one in the notes that you got there. All right, this is so, the contract. Okay, what are you going to read? I will read the plan of discipline okay. from the contract. All right. I, I just want to go over when you're done with that. Yeah. They, they've they given some examples of yes. how to treat this young man. Yes. After he's been shunned. <laughs> yes. So you read that. I, I want to do that. Okay. Wanna... All right. So this is from the discipline contract that Mars Hill wrote up for him. This is the plan of discipline. Okay. They blocked out his name. Um, so um, we're going to call him. Sven. Okay. All right. So Sven will attend Triple X's CG. Do you know what Triple X church yeah. is? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. Yeah. they will attend. It's like a ministry for people with like porn right. addictions and right. stuff. So uh, Sven will attend Triple X's um, CG and meet with Triple X on a regular basis. Um, Vin Diesel? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what CG is. Triple X. If it was, yeah, he's got to meet with him. I don't know what CG is, but if it was something, if it was GC, I would have thought maybe guidance counselor, but church group, church group, maybe. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so meet with Triple X on a on a regular basis. Um. Sven will not be involved in serving at Mars Hill. Sven will not pursue or date any woman inside or outside. He's of engaged. Mars Hill. He's engaged. Right. <laughs> Sven will write out in detail his sexual and emotional attachment history. That's so insane. not just his sexual history. Anytime he's ever even had feelings to another woman. Um, so weird. Uh, his his emotional attachment history with women and share it with Triple X. Sven will write out in detail the chron- <laughs> the chronological. Chronological events dude. and sexual. <laughs> Hold on, Sven will write out in detail the chronological events uh, uh, and sexual emotional sin um, shared with K. I guess was his fiance's name. I just they just put K in there and share it with Triple X and Mark Driscoll. <laughs> Sven will write out a list of all people he has sinned against during this time frame, either by sexual emotional sin lying or deceiving, he will share it with Triple X and develop a plan to confess sin and ask for forgiveness. That's in the contract they wanted him to sign. And it is a it is a legit contract. Like there's there's the lines for the signatures. And letterhead right and everything. Everything. Elder signature, membership signature, the date. So this dude's <laughs> about to get married. Yeah. And he's in a monogamous relationship. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to remove... I'm going to do two parts to this. Okay. Okay? He's in a monogamous relationship. He's about to get married. He has sex with his fiance. Yes. Therefore, he now is 
required to go to a porn yes. and sexual deviant addict, whatever it is, right. group mm-hmm. because he's in a monogamous relationship and he got laid. Yeah. Now, regardless of what you feel <laughs> about yeah. that, premarital it's, sex. Right. Let's it, let's take premarital sex and your your views on that. Take, take that it out, out for a second. Take it completely. Let's, let's not even out think about it. that. Yeah. Let's not even think about that for a second. And and, and let's let's be rational uh, people, mm-hmm. rational human beings without spirituality. Yeah. Okay. And then we're gonna do it with spirituality. Yeah. Okay. So rational human beings without spirituality. The dude is in a monogamous relationship. He's engaged. He got laid mm-hmm. consensually. Yeah, yeah, totally consensual. Consensually. And now the spiritual leaders in his life and his peers and his church family are sending him to a porn addict's recovery group. Yeah. That is the equivalent to walking down the street of New York and smelling someone smoking weed yeah. across the street and you getting put into rehab for drug rehabilitation. <laughs> That's the equivalent of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So as rational human beings, that makes zero sense whatsoever. Yep. Now let's look at it from the spiritual side. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, let's look at it from biblically... And, you know, how the church feels about premarital sex. We all know that um, premarital sex is frowned upon and prohibited Mm. as a believer. Um, I wouldn't say prohibited might be too strong of an organizational word. Um, it's, It's definitely frowned upon and it's perceived as sinful and a sinful act. Yeah. Okay. Even if this guy who's engaged had sex with his fiance, nothing makes sense about sending him to a sexual addict's recovery group. Nothing. None. Nothing. Yep. If anything, and... and Number two, it's not the church's job. It's not the leadership's job to have him repent. Like no. that, that has nothing to do with you, man. Yeah. That has zero to do with you. Yep. Like you should have zero influence. You should have zero say so. You should have zero to do with whether or not this dude repents for what he's done or, or not. Yep. Now, you can educate him. You can give him uh, guidance yep. and wisdom mm-hmm. and let him make his own decision. But instead, you draw up a freaking contract. <laughs> and have him lay out every time that he can remember that he has done something sexual with another woman. It's just it's so weird it's, to me. It's just, it's strange. It's nobody's business. All right, so um, if I went to Mars Hill and <laughs> I got this email, it lays out practical examples on what to do with Sven. <laughs> so he calls great. me and he wants to hang out. I should then say, I appreciate the invitation, 
<laughs> but there's a problem. You're under church discipline, and you have not repented for what you've done. <laughs> I would like to get together, though, to talk about your situation in light of the gospel. Yeah. <laughs> a- another example is uh, <laughs> you run into him and you ask, how are things? Yeah, this one's my favorite. He replies, <laughs> not so good. So they're already... Why is he at, not so good? Like he's, like he's not going to be okay. Right. Because he's living in sin, Brian. He's miserable. Why is he not... Like, he's not so he's good because he's automatically having a horrible day. Exactly, because he's living in sin. He's sleeping with his fiance. Oh, I don't know, man. It's I love just... it because it says... <laughs> They gave more of an example with that, too, and they were like, oh, not so good. I don't trust the leadership, and they have been heavy-handed and hard on me. I feel I've prayed about leaving the church. Yeah. To which you respond, yeah. I'm sorry you feel that way, but you're not seeing things rightly. I agree with the <laughs> elders' decision regarding you because I see how they are acting in accord to the scriptures. <laughs> to the scriptures. <laughs> Oh man, and they give examples as why why does scripture tell us to treat someone um as an unbeliever? You know, treating someone as an unbeliever is painful, but it's necessary. Definitely they, necessary. They list out Bible verses and anyway, it's just it's it's a little much. That was a four-page email they sent out to leaders in the church and was like, "Listen, you see this guy and he wants to talk, be like, "Sorry, bro. Can't do that cuz you're living in sin." It's insane. But if you want to talk about your sin and you're ready to repent, then we can talk. Otherwise, get out of my face. It can't be real. This was made up. I, I wish it was, Brian. I <laughs> wish it was. Uh, on March 5th, 2014, an, an uh, excuse me, evangelical magazine, World, same as the magazine, published an article claiming that Mars Hill Church paid a $25,000 fee to marketing firm Result Source to manipulate sales numbers of Mark Driscoll's book, Real Marriage, and thereby attain a place on the New York Times bestseller that list. Hilarious. <laughs> Result Source accomplished this objective, which, by the way, the book briefly reached number one in the advice how to category. Yep. So they uh, accomplished this objective by buying 11,000 copies of the book using 210 thousand dollars of mars hill church money from a variety of online sources and payment methods that's insane Dr- driscoll had used the apparent success of real marriage to negotiate a multi-book deal with tyndall house the first book under driscoll's resurgence imprint was a call to resurgence yes with plans to publish five to seven books per year tyndall house defended driscoll's alleged plagiarism in a call to resurgence and affirmed their continuing relationship with Driscoll. Mars Hill Church responded with a statement writing, quote, while not uncommon or illegal, <laughs> this unwise strategy is not one we had used before or since and not one we will use again. It's kind of yeah. like a like, hey, look, Mars, this happens more than you think it does. Yeah, but listen, this is the, the church put out a statement saying, while not uncommon or illegal, yeah, <laughs> this unwise strategy. So it's not uncommon or illegal. It's just wrong. It is. It's morally wrong. Yes. And you're supposed to be the moral precedent by which we, you know, set ourselves right. against church. 
listen, if let's say, let's say if something, <laughs> let's say that book did super well, right? Uh, air quotes, super well with all this happening with them forging these numbers in this way, all the sales that come into the church that maybe spark them to, I don't know, build another campus. It would, that building would have literally, literally been built on lies. Yes, <laughs> literally. That is not okay. As a church member, like, wouldn't you be like, hey, uh, guys? <laughs> no, because then you get shunned. Oh, yeah. Right? So if you don't want to be shunned, then you keep your mouth shut. But at some, I mean, people had to be like, honestly, guys, can we not like commit fraud anymore? No. With church funds? You. Like, I'm tithing. <laughs> and you're using my money <laughs> to buy 11,000 books. I shun you. Okay. I want you to tell me about all the times <laughs> that you've ever, ever what, had like? a boner. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> In grave detail. I want to know about detail. it. In grave detail. All right. Um, so this, this right here. How far back does that have to go? <laughs> As far back as you can remember. Teenage years are rough, dude. (laughs) Um, All right. So this right here, that's bad, right? Yeah. But what we're about to get into, this is the beginning of the end for Mars Hill. This is, uh, we've reached the peak, right? They've done some good things, but, you know, Driscoll's kind of full of himself at this point, and um, he's kind of dictator-like, right? Yeah. And, uh, that's not going over so well. This is the beginning of the end for Mars Hill. So uh, Michael Paulson, uh, writing for the New York Times, wrote that while Driscoll had endured criticism from the American political left and liberal Christianity for many years, recent years leading up to and including 2014 saw the rise of criticism from conservative Christians, including Driscoll's former allies and supporters. According to the Seattle Times, plagiarism accusations against Driscoll made by Janet Mefford were a crucial turning point that drew outside interest into Mars Hill internal affairs and prompted inquiries from new critics about the church and how it handled its finances. After hearing of Mefford's plagiarism accusations, evangelical Christian and Grove City College psychology professor Warren Throckmorton Yes. Took interest and became a prominent critic of Driscoll and Mars Hill, documenting other examples of perceived plagiarism, abuse reported by former Mars Hill members, and questionable uses of church finances. So not only did they pay to get this dude's book on the number one spot, Right. It's not even his book. <laughs> right. <laughs> like he yes. Didn't, he didn't even write the he dang didn't thing. didn't even write it. <laughs> So what did you do, Mark? (laughs) Anyway, it's not okay. (laughs) In a recorded message shown to church members on July 27th, 2014, Driscoll discussed the various controversies of 2014. Not a good year for for Mark. Listen, how does that go down? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, guys, I just want to do a year in review here of 2014 (laughs) and our controversies. The lows, the highs, what... A very few highs there were. <laughs> um, so he said that he cannot address some some members' discontent because the complaints were anonymous. 
According to Rob Smith, former program director of the church, the assertion really touched a nerve with former members. In response, dissenters organized a Facebook group called Dear Pastor Mark and Mars Hill. <laughs> we are not anonymous. We the, are not we anonymous. Are not. That's right. The following, there's a hashtag in there somewhere. The following Sunday, dozens of demonstrators organized and picketed the Mars Hill Church Bellevue campus where Driscoll preached live, uh, calling for Driscoll's resignation. Get out! Demonstrators uh, carried uh, placards reading, we are not anonymous, and question mark. That's a good one. That's a great one. Question mark. Question mark. Um, and accused Driscoll of bullying, um, misogyny, inadequate transparency of church finances, mm. and harsh discipline of members. Driscoll was away for this for his annual summer vacation during all this, though. A church elder, Anthony, yep, I don't know how to say <laughs> that last name. His name's Anthony. Anthony. Um, responded that the criticism of Driscoll and Mars Hill goes, quote, goes with the territory. It just goes with the territory. <laughs> um, of running a large church with a long history. In a pre-recorded message, Driscoll said that he had been deliberately rather silent during the criticism and that he found it a little overwhelming and a bit confusing and that he had no intention of resigning. So, hey, guys, I, I don't really don't it. understand what's happening. Right. What's wrong, guys? Like, is it? I mean, this guy over here is writing my book for me. <laughs> right. And, uh, and I just don't understand what the issue is. Oh, come on. Come on, guys. It's not that bad. Hey, do you mind? I'm going to go on vacation and read some pervy letters that my members are writing. <laughs> <laughs> on, on August 24th, 2014, Driscoll announced that he would take a six-week extended focus break from his pastorship while charges against him were investigated. Later that week, a letter signed by nine current Mars Hill pastors, uh, which... Uh, which severely criticized Driscoll was leaked to the public. The letter, Ooh. yep, the letter written days before Driscoll stepped down urged him to step down from all aspects of ministry. It included a quote from internationally recognized author, pastor, and former BOAA member Paul Tripp saying, quote, This is without a doubt the most abusive, coercive ministry culture that I have ever been involved with. Dang. Yep. One of the pastors who signed the letters was fired five days later for rebellion against the church. You go on, too. You go. By September 9th, eight of the nine pastors who signed the letter had resigned or had been terminated, including mm. worship director Dustin Kinsrew from the band Thrice. Thrice. Yep. He was a worship leader out there for a minute. Yep. On September 7th, 2014, the second week of Driscoll's hiatus, Mars Hill's officials citing quote, financial pressures in the wake of recent negative media attention announced layoffs and closures of a few church branches. Um, weekly attendance at the start of the year for all branches was 12,000 to 13,000, but had dropped to 8,000 to 9,000. Donations also had a steep decline, and in response, the church planned to lay off 30 to 40% of their 100 paid staff members and close their in their downtown Seattle branch and university district branch, consolidating both congregations into the Ballard location. Two other branches outside of Washington State were marked for possible closure if their finances did not improve. Mars Hill also announced the resignation of Sutton Turner, executive elder since 2011, effective at the end of September 2014. 
They just cleaning the house. Driscoll's cleaning, cleaning the house, the house dude. Oh, yeah. He's like, you're gone. You're gone. You're gone. Why are you looking at me all funny? You're gone. Right. You smell weird. You're gone. Right. You have buck teeth. Get out of here. I didn't like your letter. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. Your letter was very plain and lame that you right. wrote to me about your sexual experiences. So You're gone. Get out of here. Yeah. Well... We're going to take another break because we are, uh, we're going to close out this episode with Drizzle, 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 Mark Drizzle, what up? (laughs) With Driscoll's resignation, how it ultimately ended for Mars Hill, where he is at now. We'll get into that in just a minute. Let's take a break. Let's hear a word from one of our fine sponsors. Not Mark Driscoll. But not Mark Driscoll. Suck it. Hey guys, this is Blake. And I'm Brian. And we're here to tell you about another great sponsor of the Not Religious Podcast, and that is The Found Sheep. If you head on over to thefoundsheep.net right now, you can check out their great collection of hats, beanies, shirts, sweatshirts, things like that. Their hats are especially, especially dope. Am I right, Brian? You are right on point. That's right. And why don't you go ahead and tell them about their, their outreach there? Yeah, so everything that they create is designed to point souls to Jesus and to remind believers that he is our good shepherd. Man, they give 10% of all of their profits to the local church, and another 10% provides outreach to people who serve in need all around the world. Well, I'll be doggone. That's right. That's awesome. An apparel company with a mission. That's exactly right. Go check out their stuff. They got really neat stuff. And we also have a neat little promo code for all of our listeners today. Brian, what's that promo code? If you type in not religious, that's not religious in all caps. After you fill your little goodie basket up with all of your merch, guess what? You'll get 10% off. Woo. Heck yeah, dude. That's just for our listeners. So thank you guys. Go ahead and check them out on the Instagrams and the Facebooks and help support the found sheep.net. Boom. Boom. All right. So in the fall of 2014, a group of elders released... Hold on. I, before we do that, I'm going to go back because this is the the bitter end, so I'm going to have the proper background music. If you're okay with that, Brian. Yeah. All right. In the fall of 2014, a group of elders released a report on an investigation into accusations of bullying and intimidating behavior by Driscoll made by 21 former church elders. The investigation involved some 1,000 hours of research, interviewing more than 50 people and repairing 200 pages of information. Yep. The report concluded that Mark Driscoll had never been charged with immortality. Immortality. (laughs) He's a fit fire. Driscoll had never been charged with immorality or heresy <laughs> and considered some of the accusations against Pastor Mark to be altogether unfair or untrue. Additionally, the report found that many uh, many of the other charges had been previously addressed by Pastor Mark privately and publicly. Indeed, um, he had publicly confessed and apologized for a number of the charges against him, some of which had occurred as long as 14 years ago. However, Elders did find bullying and patterns of persistent sinful behavior by Driscoll. 
the board had concluded that Driscoll had been, quote, guilty of arrogance responding to conflict with a quick temper and harsh speech and leading the staff and elders in a domineering manner, but was not charged with anything immoral or illegal. Driscoll maintained that he had not disqualified himself uh, from ministry. That's rather convenient. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Church leadership. My music's fading out. Let me start it over again. Church leadership crafted a restoration plan to help Driscoll and save the church. Instead, Driscoll declined the restoration plan and resigned in October on October fourteenth, twenty fourteen, citing concerns for his health and safety. His safety, safety. yeah, he's he's a little scared now. His resignation came as a surprise to the church board of overseers. Did it though? Did it? Did it? (laughs) A a quote unquote surprise. Surprise. (laughs) Who said in a statement that they had not asked Driscoll for his resignation? Dude, I'm gonna tell you exactly what happened (laughs) with uh, with all of that. Okay, so they did all this thousands hour of research, two hundred pages of of. Information, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> they did all of that, okay? And what happened is they found a whole lot of crap. Yes, they did. And they went to him, and they were like, listen, you got two choices, man. You can either resign and walk out of here. We'll say you didn't do anything illegal. Yeah. You didn't do anything immoral, but you were a bully. We'll say yeah. you were a bully Yeah. and walk out of here with your head up. Or we can publish all of this and make this ugly for everyone. Because at the end of the day, these elders, they want the church to keep going. Right. What's going to end a church quicker than anything if all of that stuff comes out? Yep. So this is a win-win for both parties. Absolutely. (laughs) So in 2015, after the disbanding of Mars Hill, an executive elder of the church stated that, quote, there has been much talk about the abusive and coercive culture at Mars Hill. What many people do not realize is that some of the very people who were calling for an end to this type of abuse were abusing or using abusive tactics. The executive elder stated that he was blackmailed by a staff member who asked for more severance pay. Well, but what are you, what are you being blackmailed for? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> like, here's the deal. Right now, I can't be blackmailed for anything. Like, what do you have to get? You know what I'm saying? Right. I know. Like, what do you, I don't know. He also stated, um, quote, that former Mars Hill elders were working to file formal charges against me. Also, I was told that a former lead pastor was approached to lead a group of people who hoped to force my resignation so that I could not help Pastor Mark Driscoll. I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. Pastor, this, this executive elder, he's like, hey, I was being blackmailed by a staff member. <laughs> like, right there, I'm like, well, well wait a minute. <laughs> what was the blackmail about? Blackmail? Yeah, nobody. Uh, nobody don't worry to, about that. So, I mean, we're not going to get into that, but I'm just know that I was being blackmailed. I was being blackmailed. <laughs> Don't worry about that. Just don't worry about it. Could you not ask me that anymore? Pastor and theologian John Piper. There he is. um, Referred to the controversies and subsequent church closure as a satanic victory. Look at that. Yeah. Quote, it was a defeat for the gospel. It was a defeat for Mark Driscoll. It was a defeat for evangelicalism, for reformed theology. 
and for complementarianism. See? See there? There it is. Women should stay in the kitchen, according to this fellow. It was a colossal satanic victory. You timed that out really well. You bet I did. <laughs> On October October 31st, Halloween. Happy Halloween to you. Lead pastor Dave Bruscas announced plans to dissolve the church's 13 remaining campuses into entities with the option of continuing merging or, uh, uh, excuse me, with merging with other congregations or disbanding effective January 1st, 2015. On December 28, 2014, Rick Warren gave the, yeah, baby, gave the final Sunday sermon at Mars Hill, <laughs> encouraging its members to give grace to its leaders. Quote, you need to be grateful for all the ways yeah, that God used Mars Hill Church. Be grateful for all the ways God used Mark Driscoll. That's right. <laughs> Driscoll had previously delivered a sermon at Saddleback Church by um, the weekend that Rick Warren grieved the loss of his son. Do, do you think like people saw Rick Warren walk in and they're like, oh, yeah. Who let that guy in? Right. Like, yeah. what, what the crap's he doing here? Yeah. It's people were probably like, thank God this is over with. Because <laughs> anyway, uh, the Mars Hill Church Network officially disbanded Thursday, January 1st, 2015. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Uh, 11 of the Mars Hill churches became independent churches, and the remaining churches were dissolved prior to the churches disbanding. Like Thanos snapped. And right. That's exactly what away. happened. So, so Rick Warren had the Infinity Gauntlet, yeah. right? And he just snapped Boom. away. <laughs> I knew it. Um, yeah, so 11 of the Mars Hill churches became independent churches, and the remaining churches were dissolved. Prior to the churches disbanding, Mars Hill transferred the majority of its content from its website um, to www.markdriscoll.org, where the church's sermons remain. The Mars Hill website now contains a history of the church and a church directory of the previous Mars Hill church's locations with their new names and website. Okay. Here's what... Uh, Two former members that have gone on to. By the way, you can go to the Bad Christian Podcast. Look them up. There are at least two or three episodes I know of where they had former members of Mars Hill come on. One of them was at their BC Con, and they had three women that went to Mars Hill that got up and spoke. It's really interesting. Please go listen to it. Um, but they have a few more where they talk about and, that. And I will say this: I listened to that. Episode yeah. and those women are some of the most well spoken, yes. intelligent people I've ever listened to in my life. For sure. And yep. to hear them talk amongst yep. each other mm -hmm. was it it was it was entertaining, but it was just I, I don't know, man. Like you have to listen to it. You, you really have Please to. Please go they, listen to they it. They are, they did a phenomenal job. The episode is called Women of Mars Hill Speak. Um, very good. Please go listen to it. Um, so here's what uh, some former members had to say. Former member Kaylee Bates said, quote, it was honestly scary and frightening. Um, <laughs> hold on. So it has like in it. So I'm going to say it again. So former member Kaylee Bates said, quote, it was honestly scary and frightening to like be there. I had such a bad experience. I felt traumatized. I'm not discrediting her. Yes, you are. It's, just, it's the fact that the quote has, has like, like in there, like be there. 
Um, and then former member Ke- uh, Kevin Potts added, um, it was do what we say and don't ask any questions. Don't ask. Don't ask and uh, shut up and don't shut bring up. it up. Right. So where's Mark Driscoll now? Where you at? Where you at? Where you at? So the Christian Post reported that Driscoll told Hillsong Church's Brian Houston during an interview, quote, there are no concrete plans for ongoing local church ministry as of yet. This remains a calling and a desire, but my plan is to not to rush into anything. Well, rush into something he did because in on <laughs> February 1st of 2016, Driscoll announced the opening of his new church. Look at that. The Trinity Church in Scottsdale, Arizona. As of February 2016, the staff roster included two former Mars Hill employees. Mm. Um, Texas megachurch pastors Robert Morris and Jimmy Evans were on the church's board. Mm. Driscoll has maintained a consistent presence on Twitter, sharing positive messages. He's so positive. Bible, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Bible, I retweet that. Yeah, um, did, did you write the tweet? <laughs> or is oh, that God. <laughs> Probably didn't. <laughs> Probably did. Um, Bible verses and tweeting about coping with the downsides of life. Thanks, Mark. Thank you. Yeah. Drizzle. Drizzle. Um, So that's my drizzle. I mean, that's pretty much it for uh, for Mars Hill. But I just do. I just want to mention two things that are very funny, I think, in regards to Mark Driscoll and things that he has said, because he's. He's one of those people that likes to put his own foot in his mouth. Yes. I mean, probably physically he's into that too. It, oh. <laughs> or at least he likes to read about likes it. Likes to read about other, <laughs> other times that people have put their own foot in their own mouth. <laughs> when the All right, so here's here's some comments on Ted Haggard. You remember Ted oh, Haggard? Oh, good old Ted. <laughs> when the evangelical pastor Ted Haggard resigned from church leadership after a sex scandal involving a male escort, Driscoll provoked an uproar by posting the following comment on his blog. And he said, quote, a wife who lets herself go and is not sexually available to her husband in the ways that the song of songs is so frank about is not responsible for her husband's sin, but she may not be helping him either. Mm. Driscoll later apologized mm. for his, his statement, stating that he did not intend for his comment to reflect on Haggard's wife. Did, did, didn't you, though? But that's pretty clear. It was a reflection on his wife. Like, so. way to go, Margaret. Right. It's, yeah. It's it's your fault that your husband had a secret affair. It's with, your uh, fault that your husband's <laughs> slinging wiener with a dude up in the... <laughs> with what was it meth or heroin? Was yeah, it? Oh, meth. meth. Yeah, yeah, he was. He, he went was, straight to meth and straight, wiener. Straight, straight to the meth. All right, oh, way to uh, go, Margaret. Yeah, here's something else too. Um, here's something else. You can find this video is still on YouTube. I watched it. It's pretty funny. He's uh so in a in a YouTube video called "Abortion Is Murder." Um, Mark Driscoll said that men who only want sex and not children are accessories to murder and have blood on their hands. Pretty much. Yeah, so go watch the video. He goes on a rant, and I'm talking, he's angry. (laughs) He is mad, and he's screaming at the top of his lungs and cutting down guys who just want to bang and not have any kids. That's not what God (sighs) gave you that for. (laughs) (laughs) I hope it falls off in your (laughs) (laughs) seat. But please tell me about it. Right, I want it in writing. <laughs> but I want it in writing. Cursive. Oh my gosh! All right, um, so, in cursive, yeah. In cursive. 
<laughs> oh man. Um. So, Trinity Church is his new is his new church that he's operating under now. Um. Seems to be going okay. They are currently dealing with the uh, COVID nineteen pandemic, as everyone else is. So, what are they doing? Well, they're doing online services like everyone else is doing. It seems to be the thing to do. That's good. Um, but also they're handing out food vouchers and hygiene boxes every Monday and Wednesday that's good. for the time being. Good so them. that's, that is good. So good job, Mark. Yeah. Good job for what you're doing now. There's hope for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, I mean, public service announcement. Yeah. Honestly, if you are involved in a church where yeah. you cannot question authority. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not talking about, um, provoking or revoking authority. I'm talking about questioning th- authority, yeah. reasons for things. If you cannot do that, if you are in a environment where um, you feel bullied yeah. by church leadership, mm-hmm. church members, if you are in a situation where it, it's not okay for you to not just question things, but uh, explore and be informed about what's happening mm-hmm. behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. You should have, there should be an open door, open book policy for what is happening with the church, with their money, what they're doing. If you find yourself in one of those situations, please, 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 please reach out to someone yeah. Um there there are many of people out there. We are two of them who will help you uh find a, a new church. Yes. Uh will help you with dealing with the fallout if there is any of the shunning or if there's any of the negativity that comes along with it. We can help you. We will be supportive with you. I will say that if you are in that situation that environment it is not biblical mm. whatsoever you need to get yourself out of it regardless of what you're being told you are not in a healthy jesus loving environment yes go with your gut go with if your something's gut. not right it's probably not right right <laughs> and it and it may just be it's not right for you that's okay um not every church is designed to fit everyone, right? Um, doesn't matter how many are in attendance. Doesn't matter what's going on worship-wise. Doesn't matter how many services they offer, what the child care is like. Every church is not catered to every person. So something's not right, something feels off, and asking questions gets you in trouble. Probably not the place to be. Or you're afraid to ask questions. Or if you are afraid if to ask questions. You're afraid too. to ask questions and you feel like for some reason it is none of your business or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. Time to go. Time to go. Time to go. Go with your gut, baby. Go with your gut. Yeah. Well, well. That's all I got on okay. old Mars Hill. Let's take another break and we'll do some music and wrap this thing up. 
Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Blake. And this is Brian. And we want to take a second to tell you about one of our fine sponsors of the podcast. That is Faith Attire. Faith Attire. That's right. Finding answers in the heart. If you go to faithattire.co right now and browse their catalog, you're going to see something that you love. I guarantee it. That's right. What's the promo code that people can use today? If you use the promo code NRP116, NRP116, you'll get 15% off any of their goods. Sweet. Check them out, guys. Okay, Brian. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Brian. Let's do some music. Okay. Right. (laughs) That was my favorite. What what's your song for this week? Um so Tell me the story behind the song too. Yeah. So uh (laughs) we're sitting in our den and we're playing phase ten. Yeah. So it's my family. It's my wife Lee and Avery, my -hmm. beautiful, wonderful, talented daughter, and then Alec. (laughs) And uh so we're sitting around, we're playing phase ten. And I got my Spotify going. Yeah. And, you know, it's just a list of random, very random songs. It is, but it's good. It's good. And uh, so Avery knows or picks up on a lot of these songs. And she was surprising me, like, song after song. I was like, how do you know? Like, she was singing, like, some Sister Hazel. And I'm like, dude. Avery, I'm so proud. Yeah. And then Newfound Glory comes on. <laughs> <laughs> and she sang it word for word. And I was like, oh my gosh. Good. This is a proud moment Very proud. for me. Very proud. And you know, when it was over, I was like, Do you like that song? She's <laughs> like, Oh yeah. She's like, it's really good. <laughs> so my eleven year old is, you know, rocking out to so, Newfound Glory. So proud. <laughs> Does my heart good. Does my heart good. This song that she's that she was rocking out to is called "Vicious Love," "Newfound Glory," featuring Haley Williams of Paramore. Oh, Paramore! Paramore, yeah. day before a routine I've been longing for can't help but to glance from the corner of my resentful eyes guess it's all perspective but it's you I never get enough That was back when Haley Williams was relevant. Right. And I, I hate to say it Poor because Haley Paramore was. was one of my favorite bands. I feel like you don't like Haley Williams. Um, I, I feel like you don't like Paramore anymore. Not anymore. Yeah. They died out after Aaron Gillespie wasn't playing drums for them anymore. <laughs> wow. That's where they fizzled out for me. But, you know, she was married to Chad Gilbert plays guitar in Newfound Glory. Right. For a brief moment there. So, yeah. 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 So, like, Avery's, like, hitting all those harmony parts. And I'm like, girl. <laughs> Getting it. 
So proud. So proud. That's Blake, good. what are you listening to? Okay, I'm excited to share this one um, because The Used was one at one time one of my favorite bands. I'm sure you remember that. Yeah. Um, first two albums to me are timeless and every song is perfect, right? Then they had, so I realized how <laughs> much of a bunch of douchebags they are. Uh, and, <laughs> and I realized that because they kicked their drummer out. You know why they kicked their drummer out, Brian? I think you've told me this before. Because he didn't drink and do drugs. Oh. They had two tour buses and he, the drummer had to travel on the separate tour bus because he didn't party. Uh, and I was like, man, they're a bunch of douchebags. Yeah. Um, to which they've, you know, worked it out. He's playing with Rancid now. It's a lot better of a situation. Um, but the used kind of fell off the radar for me. They didn't put out anything that I thought was good. They quit working with John Feldman from Goldfinger. He wasn't producing their albums anymore. And uh, it, their sound changed a lot. Well, they started working with John Feldman again. I was going to say, didn't they go they back? They just to, went back to, okay. to John to Feldy. Old Feldy. And he uh, and he has produced their latest album, and it is very good. It's good. Very good. I'm very okay. happy with it. So okay. um, this song is called Paradise Lost, a poem by John Milton off the new used album coming out. Uh, oh, no, excuse me. It is out called Heartwork. Here you go. good that's good so it kind of reminds me of song number two that's right? really good Woo-hoo. yeah and uh he's got the uh mm. smells like teen spirit mm. opening little fill on the drums there that's so good it's very 90s have to go back and listen to it's it it's good yeah i like that song a lot um there's a few more that's really the really lyrics good. were good too yeah they are they told a story yeah very good i think working with john feldman was good for them again because he's a he's a great songwriter too gave him direction and uh he's he's very good at giving them direction and can really any any john feldman has a Midas touch so every album that he's ever produced yeah. for story of the year uh thursday whoever it was it was gold he did blink 182's last two albums too mm. so I, I know you're not a Skiba fan, but I, I mean, it's 
but he's on it. Just change the name. That's all I care. <laughs> That's the, just change, change the, the name. name. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Yeah, that was all great. Right. Um, so we had a comment on the Instagram from our. Uh, <laughs> we're still getting comments on the Bethel. Oh my gosh! Yeah, are you we're still serious? getting comments on the Bethel post. Um, so uh, and she admits that you know this is an older post, but uh, M Grace Zero commented on it and. Uh, she said, even if this is an older post, right? So we're t- this was back on the uh, Olive Wake Up Olive mm. controversy. Uh, I'm looking back at all the posts with this hashtag. I'm seeing multiple podcasts talking about this. So maybe it is being talked about, but does it still need to? If we talked about it in the past, do we need to bring up in the same discussion again? Um, how do we know that people aren't talking about it? And what if they are and just don't post anything saying that they are? Hmm. So many questions. What the crap does that even mean? Well, what do you... I haven't really heard about this wake up all of controversy come back up. No. Ever. After she didn't wake up? Right. It went away. It just went away? People were like, you guys are idiots. (laughs) I mean, seriously. Yeah. I, I think the general consensus is you guys screwed the pooch on this. Mm. You screwed up a precious child's loss. Yeah. And and no one wants to revisit it. Yeah. Because they're just like, let's just forget it. Bethel Bethel is wacky and they are who they are. (laughs) Yeah. So let's just not talk about it anymore. (laughs) Yep. And you still have to separate the music. I like the music, but the church itself, they are a bunch of wackadoos. Wackadoo. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. All right. Anything else, Brian? No. Speak now. Forever hold your peace. No. No. Okay. I'm good. Awesome. Um, So I think maybe next week we'll conclude the Mega Church series. Sounds Um, good to me. And uh, we'll move on to other things. I've got some ideas. We'll go over those. We'll see what's uh, see what each other is thinking. Yep. And we just got the last bit of our equipment in to do our YouTube. Yes. Look for that. Pull the trigger. You want to lead us out, Brian? Do I? Do I? (laughs) To find out more about the podcast, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Not Religious Podcast. Please, if you would be so kind, leave us a rating and review wherever you can, whether that's on our Facebook page or an Apple podcast. We'll make sure to read your review right here on the show, whether that's good or bad. You can also send us messages of any kind on our social media platforms with some kind words, some hate mail, or future suggestions for episodes. We've gotten a few of those, so we'll put those into consideration, and we'll make an episode out of it. While you're at it, go check out our sponsors of the show. You can support us by supporting them. Just remember to use our promo codes at checkout for exclusive discounts. They may be old. Yeah. Our ads may be old, but we're going to redo them. We're going to redo them. But our sponsors are fresh. Forever in our hearts. Wait, they're not dead. What? Sorry. Uh, please wake go up check. sponsors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hashtag wake up sponsors. Um, please go check out Where Words Music Fails. <laughs> Every time. Every time. Where Words Fail Music Speaks. That is the podcast that I do with James Cox. Um we had a hiccup this week, and we were going to do a grunge episode, and about about 50 minutes into it, realized that we didn't hit record. So, 
So stay tuned for a grunge episode. That's pretty good. Um, but we're on uh, all major <laughs> platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play. Sources for this episode come from Wikipedia, thestranger.com, the Seattle Times, comonews.com, the Christian Post, and cnn.com. Ryan. Wake up, sponsors. Wake up, sponsors. <laughs> 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 They're not dead. No. no. Can't wait to show you guys those sponsors. They're great. They're good. Wonderful. All right. All right. Well, let's hop on out of here. We'll see you guys next time on another fine episode of the Not Religious Podcast. Be nice to one another. <laughs>